Welcome back to Hour 2 of Becca Marie's Freedom Speak, along with Stella Padilla. I got John back on the Zoom link. <laughs> had to pay the subscription. I had no idea. Anyway, we're all good to go on that now. So, okay, John, now, what were you saying right before the break? You were, you were asking a question about that thing I was talking about with the airline crash. Yeah, well, I pretty much was wondering why... The person, or both pilots, pilot and co-pilot, did the opposite of what they said, and I want to know how clear that was over the radio. So I would definitely want to hear both the recordings from inside the cockpit, and then what was heard on the other side from the controls. Because, you know, it doesn't seem like something very plausible, and if the word may sound the same, maybe, in Japanese or something... Maybe they need to change the vernacular that they're talking about. Well, okay, so here's something a lot of people may not realize, that when it comes to air travel, that English is the standard language everywhere, all over the world, for that reason. Now, there is a, um, a website, I believe it's called Real ATC, and you can listen to the um, air traffic controller um radio messages over it. It's it's not super high quality, but one thing I noticed about it was that you know how Japanese people talk. They talk they talk they talk real fast, you know, like that. You know, it's it's the way their language goes, but then when you translate that to English, I mean, it, it's like it's like what did he say? I, I it's like I think that was English, but I I mean, I I listened to the uh, real eight. I wish I had that recording. I would play it. Um, but I, I don't have it handy to where I can play it. Um, if if my friend Neil has it handy and he wants to call in, the, the phone lines are free now. So 505-444-5059 if you want to call in. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to... There we go. I put the number back on the screen. Plus, if you guys want to call in, I mean, you've got... If you're from New Mexico and you want to ask your state rep, John Block, some questions, here is a really, really good chance to do that now. So anyway, so that is the one question that still needs to be answered with that airline crash is why that Coast Guard plane pulled out under the runway when they were given instructions not to. The, the transcript, transcript shows that. Um, the one thing I don't know from what I've seen is whether or not they properly repeated back the instructions from the air traffic controller or not. Um, I, apparently this all happened pretty darn quick. And yeah, it's it's tragic. It was, it's amazing to me that just the the pilot got out, the co-pilot, nobody else got out. I don't know how he got out. I mean, that plane did he have an ejection seat? Maybe <laughs> I don't think yeah. so. Well, I mean, like, I mean, this plane literally got ran over by this A three fifty, crushed. Yeah. It just, it just you saw the the picture that mm-hmm. that bursting into flames. That was that Coast Guard plane, and then and the airliner, of course, just kept rolling down the runway. And then, you know, partially skidding down the runway because the nose fell down the ground when the nose gear got destroyed. Um, but it was, it, it, it was amazing, and there's a lot of questions that, you know, that is the main question. It appears that the air traffic controllers did their job. It appears that the, the A350 pilot was not at fault. So everything falls on this, and, and I, think, I think this pilot of this Coast Guard plane's got some planning to do. Well, and... It's kind of good that he did survive because maybe we can get some answers. Yeah, exactly. So, 
So you know my thoughts about the uh, the the other stuff with the with the the mandated vaxes and all that kind of stuff for the air traffic controllers and the airline pilots. That's a real concern of mine, and that's why I avoid flying until I hear that uh, a whole bunch of unvaxed pilots are uh, once again flying the planes. My thought. So, okay, so this is something you might want to weigh in on, John. I been thinking a lot about all this nonsense going on with them trying to have Trump disqualified from being on the ballot. Maine, Colorado, I mean they're they're and, and everything's based they're all they're basing all of this on saying it's the uh, clause three of the fourteenth amendment. Now what I wonder is how many people have actually read clause three of the 14th Amendment. I'm and, sure many have not. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I bet a lot of politicians haven't read it, and I bet I, I most certainly yeah. think that a lot of these news reporters have not read it. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to explain it. It is not hard to understand, and when I read it and explain it, you're going to see why I, I am absolutely amazed that somebody that is a Supreme Court justice of a state would not understand this particular amendment. Okay, 14th Amendment, Section 3. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president. Okay, that's the key thing right there. Okay, okay. I'll say, let's say, for instance, let's say, for instance, that Donald Trump led an insurrection, which we know he didn't. That's just nonsense, okay? But let's say that he did lead an insurrection, okay? This thing was written originally to apply to people from the Confederacy that uh, did actually have an insurrection, and they fought against the government because they they disagreed on a number, and, and we could even go into some of the reasons for that and talk about that, too. I wouldn't mind having that discussion, uh, that, yes, it was partially about slavery, but it wasn't just about slavery. It was about other things, too. But this first line... Of this Clause 3 of the 14th Amendment says, no person shall be a senator or a representative. Okay, so you can't be a member of Congress if you're an insurrectionist. Or elector of president and vice president. So the vice, it doesn't apply to the vice president or the president. It applies to the electors of the president or vice president. See what I'm saying here? Yeah. This does not apply. This Clause 3 does not apply to the president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. So, the only way that this can be invoked on the president is if Congress does a two-thirds vote to say, ah, no, we're going to make an exception in this case. So, a number of things have not happened here. Number one, nobody has accused Donald Trump of being an insurrectionist. There has been no court trial for Donald Trump 
as an insurrectionist. There has been no due process. There has been no representation by the president in a court, uh, and there has been no verdict declaring that he is guilty of being an insurrectionist. That's a big yeah. problem right there. What's your thoughts, John? Well, first of all, you know, the Democrats are horrified. They're scared to death because President Trump is coming back, and they know it. Every poll shows President Trump outperforming Joe Biden in every single swing state, right? So this is just another thing that they're flinging at the wall to desperately try to take him out. Yeah. But frankly, the quote-unquote insurrection or the riot or the incursion or whatever we want to call it on the Capitol on January 6th was started and probably was funded and supported by individuals in the Democrat Party who used it as political fodder to try and take Trump out of the running from running for president again in 2024. That failed because everyone knows in the discovery of the trials of the January Sixers that they absolutely were not doing any kind of insurrection on the Capitol. There were a few maybe federal plants that said some crazy stuff, but a majority of those people were led into the Capitol and they walked around and pretty much took selfies with Nancy Pelosi's podium. Yeah. They did not go burning down the Capitol like what happened in 1810. No. So this is essentially one more thing they're using against President Trump. It's not going to work, but they're doing everything possible to stop him. That's why Colorado and Maine, with their crazy Supreme Court and Maine with their Secretary of State, they are Democrat plants that are doing whatever possible to take off Trump from the running. It's not going to stand, but they pretty much want to get this to the Supreme Court, and I think that's where it's going. Yeah, well, I think they're trying to uh, bloody up Trump as much as they possibly can uh, before the election, because you're right. I think that they know that they can't win against him. I mean, he's like way up in the polls. They're going to have to do one of two things. They're either going to have to uh, build a case against him in the court of public opinion. They're they're going to they're throwing this mud against the wall. These these so-called uh, judges and Supreme Court justices in these states are saying, well, we think he's an insurrectionist, so therefore he's guilty of being an insurrectionist. Well, that's not the way. That's not the way law works in the United States of America. It has recently. Uh, yes, well, it has. Now it does. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't think any of those judges have ever read the Constitution. They, no. They don't stand by any of it. No. They want to destroy don't. all of it, get rid of it. So, well, one of the things that I've heard is that uh, this is, and a lot of this, I believe, is God's hand um, with what's happening in our nation, but it's setting precedences. And so all this stuff is being allowed to occur, and everything will be flipped because we know how many within our own government. And it's not just the Democrats, because we have some rhinos up there um, in Washington that are just as guilty. But this sets a precedence, just like being able to um, demand the uh, tax records of Trump and all his family members, that set a precedence. So now we're in a position for the, the good people in our country can now go to Joe Biden and all his family and all his associates. So this is all setting a precedence. I mean, I hope, I pray, <laughs> pray that that's really what this is, is but it, it does. I think this really is going to make a difference. I think it's set, it is setting a precedence, yeah. but do they even 
acknowledge it? Do they recognize it? Do they go by it? No, they're not going to. Well, you know, they're setting precedents. They've been setting these precedents now since Joe Biden has been occupying the White House in which they, you know, the whole thing about the client attorney privilege has been thrown out the window because how they get around that is they arrest the attorney. And then, then they, they confiscate all the documents in the attorney's office. Um, they, that and they're pulling people's phone records and they're, they're going through all their social media and these FISA courts, they're, they're catching Americans caught up in, well, they're, well, we were actually investigating this foreign communication from so-and-so in this country. Uh, there just so happened to be this person that we're really interested in, which was also, and so then we, we, we swept them up in that as well. So we've established all these precedents, so they, they're all unconstitutional, every single one of them. But the question is, are the Republicans going to take these illegal, unconstitutional precedents and use them against the Democrats? I don't see it happening. They don't stand up for anything now. Republicans don't. They, they're watching Trump getting rolled, and none of them do anything. Even the ones that are, the only one I see sticking up for Trump is Vivek Ramaswamy. Because uh, Nikki Haley just is just as bad as the Democrats. I think so many of them are corrupted. Yes, they are. They're being black. Well, and then, like you, and then uh, Ramaswamy, you know, throws it on their face right there in the debates and makes them all very uncomfortable. But he, he tells them straight up what they're doing and that they're all corrupt. They're all multimillionaires now because they take money under the table. They're bought and sold. They're paid for. Well, that's the thing with Nikki Haley. Mm -hmm. You know, Ramaswamy, I mean, you watch those two debates, and he just calls her out there on the stage. He calls on, everybody out. On her connections with the military-industrial complex, in which she's become a millionaire mm -hmm. off of this stuff. And then she's, she's pushing this continued war in Ukraine, which Stella and I have been talking about this now for a long, long time, in which it's just a money laundering operation. Totally. And she sold land to China, you know. China, we're supposed to keep them at bay right now. They're starting to look bad like our enemies. Selling land to them. You know, what, what does that tell you about her? To me, she's a traitor. I don't see anything different from what she's doing that the Democrats are doing. Well, you know, the whole concept of insider trading with the stock market. And somehow politicians are immune from insider trading. I don't know how that could possibly be. The law is the law. I, I, I know. But how is it not considered in insider trading when you are a legislator and you are proposing bills to fund let's say we're gonna fund we're gonna fund some more funding for Ukraine. Now what happens with that is you have funds that get awarded to military contractors to because I mean, they even admitted it a while back that 90% of the money that is supposedly going to Ukraine actually doesn't go to Ukraine. It goes to these military contractors, and they make some more bombs and tanks and, and missiles and, and whatever else, cluster bombs, which are supposed to be illegal by the Geneva Convention, but they don't care. They do that, too. I mean— <laughs> the United States is providing cluster bombs, and yet there isn't like some kind of world court saying no. That's that's against that's against rules of you know, rules whatever they call it rules of engagement or the Geneva Convention or whatever because cluster bombs 
they spread out all over the place. They don't necessarily all blow up, and they're there for years, and some little kid comes along in the future sometime and gets blown up. And yet that's okay. But 90% of that money stays in the United States. It goes to military contractors. These legislators know which military contractors they're going to go to. And then what do they do? Well, they buy some stock. Quick. I'm going to buy some Lockheed Martin stock today, you know, because we know that they're going to get this huge contract. I mean, how is that not illegal? But but it is. It is illegal, but yet they're in charge of who gets prosecuted. So, of course, they're not going to prosecute themselves. And we've got a corrupt president in the in the White House right now, which is not going to uh, direct the DOJ to go after any. After all, the, the executive branch runs the DOJ. So these people will never be held accountable. No, I bet Martha Stewart is really furious, huh? Oh, they <laughs> just made an example yeah. out of her. Right, she was yeah. small potatoes. It just her. She's the only one that they made an example out of. The, or yeah. did anything to her. All the rest of them would do the insider trading, but they just picked on her. She had to do time. Yeah, she was just a, a token person that they were going to, well, see, we see we take out some of our own from time well, to time. Well, she was white for one, so, you yeah. know, there you go. Yeah, white. <laughs> 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 oh, I don't know. Um, where was I going with this? Um, hey, what's your, John, what's your opinion on the Ukraine thing? Well, I will tell you. I quite frankly don't think we should be taking a side and fighting other people's wars, especially ones that are not really close allies with the United States. You know, there's a war going on right now against Israel by Hamas terrorists who are in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. And we don't hear a peep from individuals saying, okay, let's help them, let's help our strongest and one of our longest standing allies, but let's go helping Ukraine by giving them another $100 billion. You know, my, my thoughts are, Americans should come first. Our border should come first. And that's what we need to protect. That's what we need to focus on, protecting our own American citizens and then our closest allies afterward. But unfortunately, Ukraine is its a great money laundering operation, as you can see from reports after reports after reports. And so, no, I do not support a continued war in Ukraine. And I absolutely do not support any more funding to Ukraine, which is one of the reasons that I was actually the one no vote on a memorial this last year that would that supported more funding for Ukraine. It was a memorial that said we as a legislature, we want to give more money and more resources to Ukraine. And I was not going to support that. And they put that on a consent calendar where they put six or seven. I think it was actually 10 or 12 memorials that we all voted on in one time, I voted no on it because I opposed it. So, yeah. Well, and you know, Ukraine is, they, they try to constantly make Ukraine out to be this, this beacon of freedom out, out there in which Zelensky, he has shut down all, all media outlets that were speaking out against anything. They've, he's basically turned what media there is left in Ukraine to state-run media. He was going through and closing down churches. He was, he was, he was silencing dissent on anything. And then Russia, they have a clear case in which they're saying, hey, you, know, you guys agreed after World War II that you weren't going to bring NATO into Ukraine. And really, that's where it all started, is that. 
Now, I think if Trump was still president, he would have said, no, you know, we said we weren't going to bring NATO into Ukraine. And as a matter of fact, Trump doesn't even like NATO. Remember when he was president, how he wanted to get us out of NATO? I, and I've said this before. I think NATO is just the, the army of the New World Order. Yep. They're gobbling up the entire world. I, I, I don't know if anybody's paid any attention lately, but uh, I, I don't know. What's the latest count on the number of countries that have joined NATO? I think somebody told me the other day it's over 30 countries or something like that. It's like it's growing like crazy. And, and what happens to anything when it gets too big? I mean, doesn't the same thing happen every time, any time something gets too big? That's your intention, yeah. It's, it's yeah. full control. Full control of everybody. Everybody in the whole world. Who wants that much control? I can't even control what's happening in my neighborhood. I wouldn't even want to. <laughs> Only the crazies. <laughs> it's it's, oh, it's a dirty us. job. They want, they want to force feed us bugs and take away our cars <laughs> and make us walk in the freezing cold to go pick up our groceries that are not in plastic bags anymore. I but mean, there'll be insects, of course. There'll be crickets and grasshoppers. Crickets, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, maybe if the crickets were like uh, you know uh, sautéed and coated no, with chocolate, that. maybe they or would butter. Be a, butter or might <laughs> butter sautéed in butter. Yeah, that might maybe be. a little bit of salt and then chocolate yeah. on it, like a salty chocolate yeah. flavor, <laughs> and then you get the crunchy flavor, <laughs> the crunchiness to them. Yeah. Okay, I'm no longer hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I watched. Okay, I'm, I'm doing a spoiler. It's your fault if you haven't seen the movie yet. I saw I saw the recent Aquaman movie while I was out of town. And by the way, it's really good. And it's like the the critics are just trying to destroy this movie for some reason. I don't know why, but I've I've kind of learned from experience not to pay any attention to what the critics are saying. And a lot of time, if they really poo poo a movie, it's probably something I really want to go see. And they totally poo pooed this. And apparently, Amber Heard is all up and you know all upset about this thing because she's claiming that her and Jason Momoa had like words and they weren't getting along so well and of course there was the whole Johnny Depp trial in which she didn't really come out looking so great in that either and but you know the truth of the matter is is she had a lot of parts in the movie I, I think it was appropriate the number of parts she had and it what the movie wasn't really about her it was about it kind of focused a lot on Aquaman and his brother on this this last movie but it was real funny. There was a, what made me think about this. We were talking about the the crickets uh, that they want us to eat. Is there was a scene in Aquaman? If you haven't seen the movie yet and you're planning to see it, just cover yours right now, okay? Um, in which Aquaman and his brother they're going in to uh, to this enemy base. They're getting ready to go in there, and they're on. And his brother has never seen a lot of things. His brother has not seen like a lot of the things that he's seeing while they're in this jungle. Well, they're going a lot, and, and he hasn't had, like, food, like, you know, Jason Momoa, the character Aquaman was telling him how good a, a nice, big, juice, uh, greasy cheeseburger is. And it's like, well, I, I don't know, he's never had anything like that. So they're going through the jungle, and along one of the tree branches uh, is a, uh, a big cockroach. And... <laughs> <laughs> You know where I'm going with this, and and so he he grabs it off he grabs it off of the limb and tells his brother, "Oh, I bet you've never had one of these. These are really great, huh?" And his, his I, of course he said, "You probably don't want to try one of these either." And his brother grabs it and bites the head of it off and and then eats the rest of it. And says, "Hmm, yeah, not too bad." Well. Did he say it tastes like chicken? No, he didn't. Well, I don't think he's ever had chicken, so he didn't, he didn't okay. have the, that comparison. But let me tell you something. For those of you that have 
have gone to DC and Marvel movies and have never sat through the credits. Well, you're missing part of the movie. Okay, I'm just telling you this. I see people do this all the time. I don't get it. It's like, do you not know that you're missing additional scenes in the credits? So, so in the little extra scene, once again, cover yours if you haven't seen the movie yet. In the extra scene, it shows his brother sitting down at a table at a, at a restaurant at, with, a, with a big burger on the table in front of him. And he's, he's eating, it's like, hmm, yeah, this is pretty good, you know? And, uh, and so then as he's doing that, a cockroach runs across the table. Well, he grabs the cockroach, takes the bun off the burger, puts the cockroach in there, and puts it in and then takes another bite. And it's like, hmm, well, that's even better. <laughs> See, that's what you miss when you don't watch yeah. the credits in these movies. <laughs> or so, watch movies in general. Or watch movies. I yeah. love movies, yeah. So, you know, the thing that ruins movies for me a lot of time nowadays is when these these actors, which I really don't want to know how they are in real life. I really, I just want to live with the illusion of the character that they're playing. I don't want to know about their stupid lefty politics or anything like that. But when they come out and say that, it just kind of ruins it for me. It just kind of ruins the, it ruins the illusion for me. You're not acting when you do that. No. So what was her big beef with the movie? She felt that she was not involved in enough action scenes. And... Yeah, you know, I've I've done. Uh, I was an extra on a movie one time, and they will shoot just you know lots and lots of hours of footage, and then a lot of it gets lost on the cutting room floor when they're editing in the in the post production. That's just the way it's done. You know, they shoot a whole lot of stuff and then they keep the best of it. And it's like, oh, well, you know, we don't we don't need this scene here with Amber Heard in it because, you know, it's like, yeah, we don't need it. And because they got ultimately got to trim it down to uh, the length of movie that you normally see at a movie theater, you know, roughly two hours long. So there you go. (laughs) Anyway, I thought that was funny. I'm not going to eat any crickets. <laughs> yeah, no, no crickets for me. I'm fine. But I've heard actually more people are buying chickens and raising chickens. Yes. Because they're preparing for 2024. Apparently, it's going to be the Armageddon that we're waiting for. So, you know, get ready. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I, I'm a Star Trek fan. And so I heard, I read an article in which they were talking about there was an episode of... Uh, actually, a, a two-part episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where they, due to a transporter accident, got transported back to the year 2024. Oh, my goodness. And it's like, whoa, I got to watch that one again, because I want to see if they got it right or not. Because, you know... Hollywood has a way of doing that. Well, they do, but, but, you know, this series was shot in the 90s, so... Well, think of the, the book, yeah. eight, 1984. Yeah. So there's a lot that gets... Published, created, that is almost a premonition of what's to come. So yeah. The Omega what? Man. Did you see the Omega Man? No, I didn't. Well, yeah, that's really you going. The thing I have to say about movies, they tell you what's going to happen in right. the future. They know what's going to happen, and the only one movie I'm really concerned about and worried about is the uh, what is that movie where uh, they're using people as targets? Uh, 
What is that movie? I'll think about it. I just okay. It think mind. about it during the break. I just had it on my mind. Just yeah. had it on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> had a senior moment there. The purge. The purge. The purge. Yeah. The purge. I, that's what I see coming yes. next. The purge. It's well, and there's another one that's just like it that's coming out. There's two new. Okay, new hold ones. that thought. Because okay. <laughs> we're coming on our break. Okay. 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 Hang in there, John. We'll be right back in a little bit. You're listening to Becca Marie's Freedom Speak. Freedom Speak. We will be back. Hello, I'm Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. I'd like to tell you about where I take my own car for general auto repairs. Gennaro's Auto, located at 544 Louisiana Boulevard Southeast in Albuquerque, can take care of all your general auto repair needs with fast, friendly, honest service at the lowest price in town. Gennaro's can handle anything from tune-ups and electrical repairs to a total engine swap. E. Tim Young, hablamos espanol. Give Gennaro a call at 804-8750 or just stop by their shop at 544 Louisiana Boulevard Southeast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Do you need a trailer to haul something around? Check out my friends at JP Trailer Sales. They've been doing business in Albuquerque for seven years. Whether you're hauling cars, landscaping equipment, dirt, or your favorite off-road toys, JP Trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs. They have open trailers, enclosed trailers, and can even do special orders. You'll always receive great, friendly customer service, and no appointment is ever needed. Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast in Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. Would you like to move on from being a keyboard warrior to owning your own media? 
I'm Floyd Cisco with Spoken Words in New Mexico. I can take your event to the next level by providing cameras, microphones, video switchers, and other hardware to turn your event into a professional production. See what I've done for others and what I can do for you at rumble.com slash spoken words New Mexico. To get started, send me an email at spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Again, that's spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming. From the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape, it can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order, and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505-362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. Welcome back to Becca Marie's Freedom Speak. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and I got Stella Padilla in the studio here with me today. I'm still here. And I got Celia Cortez here. Still here. (laughs) And then we have John Block. One of my favorite people. John Block on our Zoom connection Mm -hmm. today. We worked out the you're, bugs early on. You're some on. of my favorite people, actually. I like every single one of you guys. Thank you, ladies, John. You're like one of our favorite people, too. Hey, John, I want to ask you a personal question. You could have lived anywhere in New Mexico and you picked Alamogordo. Any reason why? Well, you know, I got some family roots down here. Oh, so that's okay. one of the reasons. And then also, it's so beautiful. 
It is. It's a perfect area because it's so safe, it's so quiet, and it's small, but not too small. So yeah, we don't have a Chick-fil-A, but we do have a grocery store. <laughs> you don't have a Chick-fil-A? Oh my so. gosh, that's terrible. I know. Yeah. And, <laughs> we need and you, to call the Chick Fil A people and demand. You did. You one should. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Be, and and it's clean. Handedly, we'll keep it open. I promise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be in Santa Fe soon, so you'll be able to enjoy Chick Fil A there. Yes, that's true. But I'll be stuck in the Capitol with I a bunch know. of Democrats. So that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do? feel I feel for you, John. I really do. <laughs> and you know what, Alamogordo? It's so clean. You know. You know it that is. it's like it's just really clean down there. I love it. Yeah. I, I, and it's so I, safe because we have the military base yeah. right outside. Yeah. So everything is very family and community oriented. Yeah. So I think people really need to check out Alamogordo. It's a hidden gem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so everybody, the phone lines are open. You've got a chance here to talk to your representative, John Block, if you're in the state of New Mexico. Now is your chance to call in and ask him a question about anything. We're going to be talking about this upcoming legislation in the next session that I want to talk about with John. And But you guys, if you have questions, here's your chance to talk to John and ask him whatever you want to ask him. You know? 505-444-5059. And if you're listening on the radio, know you're listening to a replay. Sorry. Anyway. I have a, qu- I have a question for <laughs> Mr. Yes. Block. Yes. Okay, go ahead. So I've, from what I've heard, this legislative session is going to be focused primarily on financial. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. So the way New Mexico works is kind of special, which is a good thing and a bad thing. So 30-day sessions, which are what are on even years, so 2024 is an even year, it's basically only the budget. But the caveat there is the governor she can put whatever she wants on her call alongside the budget. So when we go in for 30 days and talk, we're supposed to talk about the budget, she has declared that we're going to talk about guns and crime. And so we probably are going to delve into that, but pretty much she's going to use guns as an opportunity to take away our rights. And she'll use crime as the reason. She'll say, oh, crime is terrible and violent gun deaths are happening and so let's just snatch law-abiding citizens guns so yeah i'm sure we're going to talk about that a little more but yeah third day sessions are mainly for budget but also whatever the governor wants to add on the call she said crime is terrible yet she released all those prisoners from the from prison the state prison (laughs) yeah crime is terrible (laughs) let's make it worse oh no (laughs) and take the good people's guns away so they can't protect themselves uh by the way our uh one of our Big listeners, Mike, says he just came just came in. Shame on you, Mike. You missed part of the beginning of the show. No, we actually have not talked about the Second Amendment yet with John, but we are going to talk about that, I would guess, here right about now. So Now's a good time. Yeah. And, Mike, if you want to call in and you want to ask uh, John a particular question, here is your chance. Uh, call in and you, you can ask whatever, whatever you want to ask. So... John, I want to talk about the Second Amendment, obviously, but I also want to talk about any of the other issues that are coming up in the next session uh, that you want to talk about. Just, and just let's talk about all of it. Okay, so um, what do you think are some of the top things that you're going to be dealing with in the next session coming up? So pretty much, I think what we're going to be dealing with are mainly budget-related issues, 
But those budget-related issues include billions upon billions of crazy initiatives. So I sit on the Legislative Interim Health and Human Services Committee. In that committee, they have a, I think it's a $100 million goal investment that they want to add additionally to what we spend now for housing and quote-unquote behavioral health and wellness, and that includes housing. So I think that is something they're going to focus on. And then a couple of the fringe extremist far-left members, they're going to try to revive their crazy uh, Green Amendment bill, which would change the Constitution to give everyone a right to clean air and clean water. And so this sounds great. You know, who doesn't like clean air and water? But it lets individuals, anyone really, who is supposedly impacted by environmental X or Y, they can sue not the polluter that they claim is polluting. They sue the local government. So if someone says, oh, I don't like that the city of Alamogordo is using gas-powered lawnmowers, let me go sue the city of Alamogordo. My local community is the one that suffers, not some polluter that's supposedly wreaking chemicals into the groundwater or creating horrible smoke in someone's community. So it's a very stupid bill, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to pass because it needs two-thirds vote. They don't have that vote. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't pass it. But it's pretty much a message bill for the far-left extremist base before the next election. So yeah. those are two things other than guns that I've heard so far. Well, you know, we're hearing a lot of that sort of thing, like with the what they want to be able to do is they want to be able to sue the gun manufacturers, which is just incredible. Uh, is okay, so we can't. Uh, we're going to have trouble violating your uh, inalienable rights to keep and bear arms. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to make it difficult for you to get arms by going after the gun manufacturers. That's what they try to do. Is they they try to go around these things by by thinking. And these people are devious. They really are. They they think of alternative ways to do these things. So what they do is a couple of things. They'll go after the gun manufacturers, which may possibly impact whether or not you're able to buy a gun at all. And not only that, but due to all of the uh, constant legal fees that the gun manufacturers are going to have to deal with due to all the lawfare brought against them, is the prices are going to go up to where you maybe can't afford one anymore. And so that's how they're going to take away your guns. They're going to take away your guns by making it so that you can't find a gun buy. And I, I don't know if you guys heard uh, this recent story that just came out. It was, uh, it was on the news this morning in Iowa. There was a school shooting in Iowa in which a 17-year-old uh, apparently killed one student and then injured five others at the school. And the weapon, guess what kind of weapon he was using uh, to do this? Just the AR-15. Yeah. No. What? No. A knife. He was using a pump shotgun and a small caliber handgun. Mm. So, Karim Jean-Pierre, of course, comes out uh, <laughs> shortly after to make a statement. And it's like, yes, we're going to go after these assault weapons and these high-capacity magazines. I mean, the bodies aren't even cold yet. And they're coming out trying to push their anti-gun agenda of taking away assault weapons, which we really don't even know what that is. Wouldn't, in this case, since this 
17-year-old student went in and shot up a school with a pump shotgun, would that not, in fact, also be an assault weapon because he assaulted people with it? Right? A bat could be an assault weapon. Anything can be an assault yeah, weapon. Anything can be an assault weapon. Maybe they're trying to expand their, their reach on the guns that they're going to take. I mean, they've focused on the AR-15 for so long. Well, that yeah, that evil AR-15. Yes, it, they, that the, mean gun. They're, they're it has a mind of its own. I, right. It's evil. I mean, it's, it's gun violence. <laughs> you know, I... I I like how they I like how they use this term gun violence all the time. Like the guns are violent. <laughs> they they try to demonize the thing instead of the people, the 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 either mentally ill or evil people that are wielding the thing. It's the thing that's at fault. And and if you use this logic, can't you really just if if they were able to get away with this? Couldn't they ju- use that as, as precedent to go after almost anything? Anything that can be used as a weapon, which, you know, I knew a special forces guy many years ago, and he used to kid around all the time about how, yeah, anything could be a weapon. It could. You, what, what about the U.K. when they went and banned the guns and took everyone's guns, and then they were killing each other with aluminum bats, and then they stabbed each other, so then they took away the steak knives, and you can only have butter knives now. When does it end? When does it end? How much can yeah. they take away from you? Yeah, so the weapon of choice now in the UK is a screw. UK, uh, UK is a screwdriver. Okay. <laughs> so That's I guess they're going to have to go after those too. Confiscate it. Well, as it is, if you go to a Home Depot, you do have to go ask to purchase almost anything, probably even a screwdriver. So we're practically there, anyways. <laughs> That's because they steal everything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tamara on uh, on Facebook says, "Get rid of pencils." Yeah, you can do a lot of damage. <laughs> one, not only not only can you stab somebody with a pencil, but you'd also cause them to have lead poisoning. Well, there you go. <laughs> ban the pencil. I prefer pencils. Pencils yeah, don't dry up. High-capacity assault pencils. High-capacity you know? <laughs> assault pencils. <laughs> but, but, you know, what's your thought, John, on them, them ha- constantly trying to uh, give people the idea that guns are violent and that this whole concept of assault weapons... I have you talked to any of these idiots in the legislature, these lefties, about uh, the the whole concept of what an assault weapon is? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I've spoken to some in committees because they won't talk to me anywhere that's not in a public forum. Apparently, <laughs> these far left ones, and so they they essentially think that these weapons are so bad and they're evil weapons of war that should not be among the general populace. But if you look back at the Second Amendment and the reason for it, it was to ward off a tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. And how would an individual with a current government that has tanks and it has insanely high capacity weapons that are fully automatic Mm -hmm. and so many other weapons how are we, the common Joe Schmo, supposed to defend ourselves when our government becomes tyrannical? And it's by using whatever possible weapon we can to fend off tyranny. So they don't understand that. They see a weapon and they say, oh, it's evil, I hate it. But these are also the same people who want to give as much power possible back to this tyrannical government that is clinging our throats 
and harming citizens across the state, across the country. And if you look at world governments that have banned weapons, like in the UK, now they're taking away people's spoons, for goodness sake. <laughs> I mean, what's next? Are we going to ban pebbles? You know, pebbles are now banned because you could kill someone with them if you put them in a sack. So also, let's ban sacks as well. Like, where does this end? You know, back in the day, Cain and Abel, who died with a boulder? Oh, I'm pretty sure they are going to not ban... Are they now going to ban boulders? Are they going to ban sticks and stones and the limit is it doesn't exist and so when we're going back to what they're doing because the constitution says this and the supreme court says that is they're using whatever the supreme court says so they said well back in the day they they said that if the weapon was used back when the founders wrote the second amendment then it cannot be banned so they can't go after your very very ancient old rifle but they can attack your new AR-15 or whatever you have, AR-10, whatever it is that you own, they're going to attack that because it was not what the founders intended so we can ban it. That's pretty much their, their thought process there. And it doesn't make sense. It never does with these people, but we are talking to individuals who literally think that guns jump off tables and kill people. So Yeah, yeah, they do. And I don't know how... <laughs> I mean, have these people even read the Second Amendment? Do they understand the words in the Second Amendment? You know, I'm, I'm getting ready to do a, uh, we're doing a speaker series coming up on the 23rd this month uh, for our, our district. And that's something that Celia's, you know, working on. And I'm, I'm going to be the, the main speaker for that. And I'm going to break down the Second Amendment. It's like a very, very short little one-line thing that says so much but yet what they do is they try to take the words and they try to redefine the words. They try to make them have a different meaning than they did when the Second Amendment was written. Kind of like what you just said. I mean, they're reading something into it that is not even in here at all. I mean, a well-regulated militia, okay, for starters, they're trying to change the meaning of the word militia, being necessary for security of a free state, that's so that the, the federal government uh, and it doesn't get overbearing and decide to be tyrannical and turn into a dictator, which they kind of have, uh, and the right of the people to keep and bear arms. It doesn't say what kind of arms. I mean, it doesn't define, it doesn't give a list of approved weapons as what an arm is, shall not be infringed. I mean, it's very, very, it's very simple. It should not be hard for anyone to understand, even one of these stupid Democrats. You know, people that are wide awake now are seeing all the illegal age-fighting male immigrants coming across the border, mm -hmm. and some of them going to training camps to learn how to shoot us with one bullet. You know, don't, don't waste more than one bullet. But they're, they're being trained to attack us. So they figure if they take our guns, then they can take over the country. That would be easy because they're already arming the illegals to challenge us on a fight. So if you're giving up <coughs> your guns, how are you going to defend your family? How are you going to defend your, your city? How are you... You're not going to be able to, but that's what their whole intent is. That's why. But but they, they don't see anything wrong with arming the illegals and teaching them to hate us. And these illegals that are coming are from countries that totally hate us. Hate us. They they hate our beliefs. They hate our God. They hate everything about us. You know. And they're arming them against us. So if you give up your own gun, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. 
John, what do you think? I mean, I mean, how how do they how do they justify changing the meanings of the words, or actually even adding stuff that's not even in there? And even if you look at the the uh, corresponding part of the New Mexico Constitution, it basically says the same thing. Actually, the state constitution is stronger than the federal constitution mm-hmm. and more direct on what is and what is not legal to use under the Second Amendment. Or I think it's Article, I'd have to look back, I think it's Article 5 or 6 in our state constitution. But that's what it says. It's very clear. It's very, very succinct and very strong. And they hate it. So now they're going after, like you said, manufacturers. And so the bill that they are putting forward from Senator uh, Joseph Cervantes, he's down in Cruces, his bill says anyone, anyone who works in concert with any kind of manufacturer to sell illegal arms is then held, I believe it's a felony offense. And so I asked him, what's in concert mean? And he says, well, we don't have a definition of in concert. <laughs> well, so, okay, let's just say I have a website and I'm selling. Like we're all going to pick up a musical instrument and have like a band, yeah. you know? <laughs> if, I sell, if I sell something that you deem illegal on my website, yeah. would the host then be illegal? Would the payment processor then be illegal? So let's just say PayPal or Stripe. Would you then sue Stripe? PayPal, and then GoDaddy for merely allowing you to sell this supposed illegal gun part online? It's crazy. And these fines that they're putting forward, I think it's $10,000 fines. It's crazy amounts of fines. And so the way that they're attacking the Second Amendment is a multi-pronged approach. And if I hated the Second Amendment, which I do not, I love my guns and I I just bought a couple new ones over Christmas. I did too. Yeah. I'm like, the deals are great. So buy your guns, buy your ammo. I got a new 10 millimeter and it holds 15 rounds. So that's a high capacity magazine. But that's the standard wow. magazine that comes with the gun. It is. So yeah. that gun would be illegal. And as a matter of fact, that they most of the guns illegal. I have in my collection would be illegal. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. pretty much every New Mexican, most New Mexicans own guns. So most of us would now be felons under the new bills and they claim well we put a grandfather clause on it yeah but if i die i can't give that gun to my my kid because it, it is then illegal because then it's a transfer right yeah yeah so they're doing everything possible to stop you from arming yourself against the tyrannical government that we have now and the governor says she does not believe the constitution or her oath of office are absolute right she can sign in those exact right words she said that pen. yeah yeah I, I don't know how I don't know how an elected politician can get away with saying something like that. I really don't. I mean, you would think that right then when she said that that would have been grounds to remove her from office. That she doesn't believe that her oath of office or the Constitution is is absolute. I and and you know, Comrade Joe said a similar thing. He didn't. He didn't. He doesn't think the uh, the Constitution is absolute either. Yes, it is. So so John, I have a question. If mm-hmm. What the governor has stated is obviously against her oath and against the Constitution. What would the normal process be for bringing her to account for not following the Constitution and under her oath? Yeah. So the whatever I can do is I can impeach her. That's what I can do as a legislator. So myself and Representative Lord, together, we worked in concert. Let's use the Democrats' words, in concert to 
put forward articles of impeachment and we asked for an extraordinary session to go back into session when she said those things. I believe it was in September. So we did that. We launched the petition and we did not make the two thirds goal that we needed of legislators. So not a single Democrat would sign on to the extraordinary session petition. And I believe four Republicans refused to sign on to it as well. So that failed and we were not able to go immediately into session. So now what myself and Representative Lord are doing is in the January session that starts on the 16th, we will be bringing forward our articles of impeachment against the governor again. And so it, since it's so absolutely clear that she violated the Constitution and knowingly did so, even bragged about it in a hearing and in a press conference, that is absolute grounds for impeachment alone. Since she, as an elected representative of the government, she swore an oath on the Constitution. And so that's just a flagrant abuse. And if they do not support our articles of impeachment, then anyone who opposes it is by default breaking the law alongside the governor by having a dereliction of duty on their constitutional oath to hold her accountable. So that's the only thing that I can do as a legislator. And I believe I've heard some people talking about other legal means. We've sued her in court regarding her her uh, executive order powers. But I believe that there possibly is another avenue with the sheriffs to arrest her for breaking laws. But I don't think any sheriffs have the intestinal fortitude, at least the ones where she lives in her jurisdiction, to do that. So I don't really see how we can get that aspect of it. So with this, could it be considered, and I'm probably, I don't know enough about law, but could it be considered a civil case and we the people file a civil lawsuit against her? Well, they're doing that against Trump. There have been many lawsuits. And I know that the lawsuit, I don't know if it was civil, I think it was criminal. It was a criminal suit, but it was based upon defendants in the Bernalillo County area. And that is what sponsored taking out that first part of her executive order. Remember, she amended the order because it was illegal, because the, the court did indeed say it was unconstitutional. Then she she amended it. And then that's how we got we got that taken care of. But you know, since she she admitted it was unconstitutional, since she said it was unconstitutional, it's going to look really bad for her allies in the legislature to have to take a vote, which we will force if necessary, to impeach her. Because if they don't impeach her, then they're complicit alongside her. That's and true. so I think that's the way we need to go about it. Yeah. And John, you know, the, she was a laughing stock of the nation when she made that statement about the guns. And you know, everybody, uh, the governors all over laughing and criticizing her. And, and you know, it was a, such a stupid move on her part. And everybody just looked down on her. Yeah. I mean, it was news for what, two, three weeks? It was so bad. Oh, it was national news. And it got news. worse and worse. Yeah, because she kept on doubling down and tripling down, mm-hmm. which didn't help her cause, but it sure helped ours. So. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. So one more question I have. Yeah. So I've been hearing a lot about ethic, ethic complaints being filed. Could that be utilized in any way against the governor or any of our representatives? John. So I suppose it could. We could, but it would have to be like an ethics rule. So I know like currently 
There have been a few cases regarding campaign finance in the Ethics Commission. But at the end of the day, even if you are found guilty, the most you can be penalized is $5,000 and a slap on the wrist. That's it. So we could try it, but it would pretty much be fruitless, in my opinion. Hmm. Yet she's allowed to find us whatever she wants. There's a five thousand dollar limit for us. There, there is no limit. Yeah. And what about the most basic thought of you know we the people give them the right to be our representatives. We consent for them to represent us, but they're not representing us. I mean, I just it just blows my mind that we've given them the authority to represent us, but they're not representing us. There has to be a way that we can hold them accountable it just does not make sense that <laughs> pitchforks and torches <laughs> that's my that would be my method yeah. right there well if there were if there were ships in the harbor yeah. with tea on them we could we could you know go on the ships and throw the tea overboard i mean that's it, you know it amazes me that the things that led up to the american revolution were things that were far less um blatant than the things that are going on in our government right now and things for things far less than this, we had a revolution and had an actual insurrection against the government, which at the time was the government of England. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think that the founders of this country imagined that people could get this awful. I think they did. That's why we have a constitution. Yeah, yes, but they yeah. Did. yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I think I think as well they didn't anticipate the public becoming so complacent. Yeah, they complacent. Just, they just lay down. Yeah, take it, mm-hmm. and just not want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Somebody else will fix it. How come somebody hasn't you know done whatever w- within the law? Well, I mean, it 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 really is us. It's we the people. We're the ones who've given them the authority to represent us, but they're not representing us. And so I, I just keep going back to what can we do as individuals, not, and I, and I appreciate everything that John and has done and Stephanie has done, but you know they're up against an yeah. army of crazy. You're sorely outnumbered. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me grab this call, then I'm going to put them on hold because we're coming up on the break. Hey Tamara, hang in there because we're going to a break. Okay, I'm gonna I'm just going to keep you on the line. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, you're listening to uh, Becca Marie's Freedom Speak, and we will be right back. <laughs> 